Get ready for a week-long celebration of music, community and fabulous fun with Joy Radiothon 2024. Joy has the largest collection of rainbow podcast content in the world and you can help keep us out loud and proud by donating during Joy Radiothon 2024. Just go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. Mark it in your calendars because Joy Radiothon returns June 1st to 7th and remember, we all flourish with joy. Welcome to a Joycast from Joy 94.9. Visit joy.org.au to find out more about our Joycasts. Hi, I'm John Oliver, member number one. You're listening to Joy 94.9. Hello and welcome to Been There, Done That on Joy 94.9. It's Chris with the deep voice. I've got my proper voice back, I think, I hope, this week. And with me in the studio is... got Phil with my voice. You've got your voice back too. Well, much of it. Yeah. <laughs> well, you get... This is what you're getting, so... Oh, fair enough. <laughs> Take it or leave it. And, and Gordon. Oh, mine never went away. It's always been here. <laughs> There's one in every group. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm glad you've got over your cough, Oh, Chris. yes. Yes. Indeed. I'm yes. very pleased to have gotten rid of it. Mm. And can I just make an apology to our band, who are with us every week. Mm. Every time the pianist starts his little tune, we cut him off. Every oh. single week. Oh, well, he... He's very tolerant, because he hasn't hit us yet, but... Oh, righto. Okay. We just well, talk one, over him. Yeah. One of these days, I might just end with the theme, and we'll just listen to a little bit more of it. That's right, because we all need more pianist. Oh, <laughs> in <laughs> our life. <laughs> Something like that, indeed. Mm. Uh, Welcome, gentlemen, and welcome, listeners. Uh, We've got another little fascinating show. Well, uh, we've done our prep, we've done our run-through, and there's lots of topics that we hope that you'll find interesting. What are we going to be covering today? Oh, usual problems over the world. We're going to be penguins and barley and... A bit of Deutschland. I was thinking it's sort of a bit of licorice all sorts. Oh, yeah, indeed, black and white. And all right, then, in that case, we'll talk about <laughs> the Opera House. <laughs> I can't see that line, but anyway. <laughs> You're not supposed to, Philip, I think. Uh, there we go. Uh, thank you, indeed, as I said, for, for joining us. And we're going to have a little bit of a light-hearted start to the show and we're going to talk about some lovebirds. Oh, Sven and Magic. Hello? Sven and Magic. Oh, that, that's the names of them, is that's it? That's the names of the lovebirds, yes. Now... Two well, gay penguins. No, we don't know that they're gay. Oh, well, they... Hello. Hello. They're, they're male and they... They share accommodation. They're roommates. <laughs> well, one, the, Ellen DeGeneres always had a roommate. I think Sven proposed to Magic with a special stone that they do with the um, with that sort of um, penguin. Mm-hmm. They give they give a a, a, a little coloured stone to the one they love. Yeah. And Sven apparently picked up a stone and gave it to Magic. Mm-hmm. And Magic accepted it. And Magic it. accepted it. And oh, then wow. they then they found that they were a bit broody. So they gave them a false egg, a yeah. stone egg to sit on to try to hatch. And when they saw that they had built the biggest nest, well, wouldn't a gay guy be? The, did you, when gay 
places have always got to be the nicest and the biggest and the best. So these two penguins built this beautiful big nest. So they decided that they would give them a real egg. Yeah. And they are now hatching out the real egg. So it hasn't hatched quite yet. Well, they reckon that they will be the most wonderful parents of, of a, a mm. penguin chick. And it's, they're not the first male uh, gay male um, penguins to um, have chicks. Is there a Reverend Fred Nile penguin that's really upset about this? <laughs> this is I, Sydney Zoo, isn't it? Well, I'm not quite sure. It could have been anybody that's uh, from the far right of the, uh, <laughs> the, the penguin the, society. Penis, penis, <laughs> this position at the moment, yeah. But they, but these these Sven and Magic are looking forward to becoming parents. Now that's intriguing. That the the report that I've actually read uses all these human terms to describe their relationship uh, but you also hinted that this is a natural behavior well it apparently is because so it's been it's, before it's happening in the animal world oh yeah uh, we're not animals we're animals yes we're part of the animal kingdom so this is natural behavior well in, in ordinary stuff where you don't have religious people telling you you're wrong uh, it is happening in the animal world and the bird world because it's just it's part you, of nature. Are you indicating that nature is not binary? Just boys and girls? Yeah, no. It's more than. It's more than. It's more Why than. Not? Does the church but, know but this? But the funny part about it, it's only ever been male, peng male penguins that have done this. It's never been two female penguins. Well, perhaps. Perhaps there might be something there. No, well, perhaps. In fact, it does occur uh, with two hens. Hmm. But no one's actually picked up on that fact. Yeah, well, well it's a bit hard. They all wear tuxedos, so how can you tell them apart? <laughs> <laughs> well, they always go to a ball. No, no, no. Which side do they have their buttons on their jacket? On oh, their little pink handkerchiefs. <laughs> <laughs> but see, that's a lovely story you've got. But I've got a story from September this year in Denmark, Zoo, all right. where two cohabiting male penguins kidnapped a chick. Oh, from yeah. a straight family who went swimming. Isn't that the death sentence in real life, is if you kidnap something? Well, oh, could be your. The, the keepers noticed how well that these two males were looking after the chick. All oh, right. That they've since gained an egg from a, a mother who's not capable of taking care of the chick. And oh, the two guys are going to hatch that and oh, bring it up. Because the the uh, the normal situation is that there's two eggs, and mm. if one fails, there's a backup egg. Well, obviously, the one that did hatch was uh, taken away by the, the the two guys, the two boys, and so the 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 hen has still got the other one to uh, bring forward. But these penguins also have a very clever name, Gen Two, Two Gen. Ah. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. That fell on stony ground, didn't it? Yes, there's a small <laughs> fraction of the community will find humour in that. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> oh, nerdy, nerdy, nerdy. <laughs> yeah, but the Gen 2s always have two eggs. Yeah. So that's why they've been able to get one egg for the for, oh, okay. to take it to the to give it to the guys to to hatch out. Mm. But that's it's a beautiful story, and it just proves that we are not the only gay people in the world. Well, that's right. We're not the only well, gay the, animals in the world. <laughs> Someone who, on a slightly sad but nice story, because happy ending again, um, the, we mentioned Matthew Shepard uh, last week, and he was the, uh, the US victim of crime, and uh, he died on the 12th of October 1998 at the age of 22. He had been bullied and 
bashed up by a couple of guys that he picked up in a pub or they'd picked him up mm. and he died on the 12th of the 10th 98 but that as a crime of hate of homophobia never had a happy ending his parents never actually were able or felt capable or felt safe or justified in giving him a proper burial yeah they, they, he was cremated and they kept his ashes but they they were very worried about whether they where to put them because they were quite sure that there would be bigots and people that um, didn't like it, like the Westboro Baptist Church, you know, who were at his funeral or and were other terrible. All homophobes. All, all other homophobes. Yeah. Um, they were very worried that they that the that the place where they put him it would be desecrated. Yeah. And you can understand that. You know, they they, they they've lost a son, a beautiful son, and what do you mm. do? You know. Well, you, you could put his ashes in a niche in a wall or just put them in an ordinary cemetery but I suppose as you say the plaque could be desecrated mm. by these bigots so where's the safest house that you could put them in well they, they they also gave up spreading his ashes they thought of that but then they said they would never have anywhere to go and visit and so the the, the offer came along from a uh, from a bishop of an episcopal church and the church was the national cathedral in Washington, D.C. Philip, what do you understand by the National Cathedral? I guess it's, well, it's sort of connecting church and state a bit, which hmm. I find a bit icky. But um, Washington is a place of monuments, mm-hmm. and this, I guess, is the oh, the church's way of representing itself. So it's it's not saying, you know, we've got all the ex-presidents buried here or no. anything like that but it's a it has become a very special place the the national cathedral and, and i suppose that's where the uh, the high profile ceremonies are held i mean uh, most recently i think uh, senator john mccain john mccain was mm. there, had his yeah. service yeah. there well i guess it's where an equivalent would be st paul's or something is like our, our biggest no, or, or best or or Westminster Cathedral. Yeah. Yeah, in well, that's London, not ours. Yeah. yeah. But it, 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 it's, it's, it, it'd be a national monument because mm. it's in the in the country's capital in Washington, D.C. So. Well, apparently in its crypt at the moment are such prominent Americans as Helen Keller. She mm. was the blind, blind deaf. and deaf person. Uh, yeah. Who, who learnt learnt how to, to speak and and, yeah. and talk? Yeah, by her, by the woman that she's buried next to. Oh yeah, Anne Sullivan. Anne Sullivan. And yeah. uh, uh, President Woodrow Wilson is there, as well in this particular uh, national cathedral. Mm. But they've received the invitation for Matthew Shepard's ashes. Yes. If that's not a safe and honoured place to be buried at, I'm not sure. I don't know what is. I don't think anybody'd go in there with a spray can of. To graffiti something, no. you know, so it's a very safe place for them to go and visit their son, mm. and for people to go and have quiet reflection if they if they w- really need to sort of have something. Yeah, in a in a church's well, ideal. On, on October the twenty sixth, coming up, a public ceremony honouring Matthew will be held, presided over by 
Bishop Bud and the Reverend Jean Robinson, the mm. first gay out gay bishop in the Episcopal Church of the in the U.S. And then the ashes will be interred in a private ceremony. Mm. But it was Bishop Bud that decided that he would ask the family if they would like to have the mm. have his ashes interred there. Yeah, which is very nice. It's a it's a it's it's a, a nice ending to a shocking story. Yeah. We also should remember that the. We remember Matthew not just because of the horror he went through, mm. but as a result of that horror, the anti-hate legislation. legislation that's been enacted in his name mm. was very much needed in America. That went through the Supreme Court, I think it was, didn't it? The, the Supreme Court um, brought it in the anti-hate crimes. Yeah, mm. and it's a national crime, yeah. and it, it's it won't make hate go away. No. But hopefully it'll sit in a few American minds that... If you're thinking of hate, you're not on the right side of things. Mm. Mm. And for them, be grateful that you don't live in Switzerland who've outlawed homophobia and transphobia. Yes. Which say, I, I'd like to see that legislation. <laughs> you're not allowed to think that way anymore. No, no but if you do, you end up in the uh, Swiss clink. In the slammer with the in cheese. You're with Chris Gordon and Phil being there. Done that joy 94.9. You can find more Joycasts and show blogs. Go to joy.org.au. You're with Gordon, Phil and Chris. Been there, done that. Joy 94.9. Thanks for being with us. Now, we've got a few events that have occurred on the calendar of things. And it's Australian-ish. It happened to Australians, but it didn't happen in Australia. And on the 12th of October 2002... And I didn't notice last week any sort of comment about the anniversary thereof. There was. Did you? I, I saw it on the television. They had a they had a thing in Sydney. They did and we're have talking a, a, about a, the Bali bombing. The Bali bombing. Yes, they had a, a see the the biggest people that were killed in there came from New South Wales and WA. And the, I've been to the WA Memorial up in Kings Park, and it's quite beautiful. It looks out out over the city and the um, Perth waters, and it's really quite lovely. That was the. Oh, it's that hard. was an, the Bali nightclub bombing where two hundred people were killed by a uh, fanatical bombing. Terrorists, really. Terrorists. You'd, you'd, yeah. call it, you'd have to call them terrorists. Yeah, it was an echo of the events that had occurred a year before in America, in the US. Yeah, but half of the those two hundred were Australians. Mm. Uh, once again, as with all of these bombings, innocent. I think there was something like eighty people from WA. The rest were from New South Wales, or mm. and a couple from Victoria and around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Bali's a suburb of Perth. It is a basically. suburb of Perth because they the the people from WA go to Bali because it's closer than anywhere else and, and it's cheaper, cheaper and cheaper. <laughs> yes, yeah. I won't go back there again. I've been there. I was there in 1972, before they even had any buildings. It would be a slightly different Bali to the one you would see That's now. That's right. Yes. I think you would come away disappointed. That's why I'm not going. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Bali is actually a very quiet and pleasant and serene place. And such a a, a, a vile act to have occurred is quite... quite anachronistic yes but it was it is a hindu religion that is there which is a much more gentle religion than the muslim religion is when i went there in 72 
the Indonesians were just coming in because they realised there was money to be made out of the tourist trade that was happening in Bali in that at that time even. Yeah. And they were coming in and they had built a huge thing for the president of Indonesia to be in to hold some conference or something or other. And but when you went out into the country where you were out amongst the actual Balinese people, it was it was really quite lovely, a beautiful place. And the beautiful people, but um, it was the first time I've ever got off a plane to be confronted by a submachine gun. Oh, you can go to Tokyo for that. Oh, yeah, but this is, you you didn't expect to see it Mm. in Bali, you know. But there it was, Indonesians with guns. No, well, apparently no group actively claimed a responsibility for the bombings, although Indonesian members of the regional Islamic group, Jemaah Islamia, were named as key suspects. And Didn't uh, they? Abu Bakar Bashir, leader of JI, was charged over his alleged role in the bombings and uh, he was found guilty of conspiracy over the attacks. But I'm not sure... Didn't he just get released? I believe that he did. I think he's just been released in the last few months from um, jail in, in Indonesia. And, you know, it makes you wonder what evidence or what do you have to do to get killed? Mm. Another Islamic country, Malaysia, is actually changing their rules. On the books at the moment, they've got the death death penalty, Mm. but they're actually, they're going to repeal theirs. Now, that is a very civilised, in our eyes, action to take. Chris, is that an old British... Um, law yes, probably you know because there's all these old one. colonial laws that they that these countries are gradually taking back and putting in um, laws that are uh, more applicable to today's society like a lot of them are now recognizing gay and lesbian arrangements and and people and they're not doing nasty things to them because they do have consensual sex with one another over a mm. certain age you know so it, it they're gradually tight going back on these old laws and it's interesting to see that they are taking out the death penalty. Yeah. Well, they've yeah. actually had a moratorium on executions since July yeah. this year. And there are about 1,200 people on death row, most of them drug offences. Because they they're very strong on drugs over there, aren't they? Yeah, well, they don't like them. Mm, so I wonder how they're going to deal with those people. Their, their, their jails will be filled up pretty soon with offenders well i don't know what to do with them how they how they i don't know what how their sentencings go there but to be probably i think you have to carry a certain amount of the drug to be put to death if you have got only a little little amount they they trial you for years but they don't kill you not like they did in indonesia with the australian guys it's um it's just a, a fine difference Apparently, they're also going to prepare to rescind the Colonial-era Sedition Act. That would be a British one as well. I reckon. Mm. So, there you go. Mm, so, good old Malaysia. Yeah. Good old Malaysia, Well, they've just, they've just had a change of government, haven't they? Which has thrown out the corrupt individual that oh, was there before. Yes. You know, what so. was his name? Well, who worries? Well, who worries? See, his wife uh, had millions but, but of dollars. old Mahomet Mahatia. Mahatia, yeah, he's back in power. It shocked Australians when the Bali bombing happened because we'd never had a generation who'd known some of their kind to have been killed. In war situations, yes, you expect that there will be death and that's basically par for the course. But to be on holiday and then being blown up is really wicked. You, You never expected it. Chris, it's not only the people that were killed 
It's the the uh, effect that it has on the people that were there and are still alive. Yeah, I'm sure that they go through hell at certain times of the year or when things happen. You know, they mm. well there were many injuries and burns mm. and some horrible conditions. And, and that's where that doctor in WA who became the Australian yeah. of the Year had the had worked out the skin thing crafting, and yeah. crafting and pl- with a new skin, and she also bathed them in honey stuck honey all over them so that the burns would heal without um, contamination. Mm. Interesting what wow. they did after yeah, that. Yeah, yeah they learnt so much. Very quickly. Uh, and and we were shocked, of course, because we always felt that we were the lucky country and mm. we hadn't ever had uh, our enemies on our soil. They had dropped some uh, bombs on us and killed a few Australians during those exercises back in World War Two. But to all intents and purposes, we, we've never suffered like other countries have suffered around the world in a war situation mind you, on our own soil. Mind you, Chris, we have gone and fought in other places and killed other people oh, yeah. or for, for no reason at all like yeah, Vietnam yeah. and Iraq and all that sort of business but mm. yeah so oh I, th- I don't know whether that might have been a little bit of payback somewhere along the line oh. just don't know do you you certainly do not oh okay look stay tuned because after a little break we're going to be talking some local politics and international politics and we we do want to make a comment about the uh, the opera house in Sydney love radio joy is now on iHeartRadio. Turn us on anywhere. Indeed, turn us on anywhere and listen to us on the go. You can listen to us now or later. Podcasting. But if you're hearing this, you're listening to us now. No, Whenever this is. <laughs> it, you, you can't hear me then because I'm saying this now. Oh, I see. All right. Yes, so I figured out the time was invented to stop everything from all happening at once. That's probably true, and I think Mr. Einstein did something about time, didn't he? Oh, he, he had a lot of theories. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I also know that the generation of random numbers is too important to be left to chance. That's exactly well, no, right, yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm being profound. <laughs> Very profound. I don't know where I profound these things. but well, you, you don't know where I'll, your profundity comes from? No. Okay. But if you wish to add to the... Profanity? Yes. That's not right. No, that profanity is when you're swearing. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. Profanity is when but you're But you can email us at beanthere at joy.org.au. Oh, that'll be nice. We like getting mail. Yeah. We do. Thank you indeed. Thank you indeed. What are we going to talk about now? Well, I think we might talk about local politics. Oh. We've, we've got an election coming up in New South Wales next weekend. Last weekend, we had lots of shakeout in Australian federal politics uh, with people, the Me Too generation. Mm. One man says, we'll suggest this, and 24 hours later, oh, uh, we'll agree with you on that, or I propose the same thing. uh, We're we're into a position now where we have a lucky man that's just become the Prime Minister, if you call it luck, being a Prime Minister. And he is, so far I haven't heard him say much at all except slogans and I didn't think we were should be governed by slogans I think we should be governed by policy 
unfortunately there's not much policy coming through at the moment and we do go to an, a federal election before May the 18th next year yeah. and by the sound of it I would say that they are going to go on May the 18th because they've got a hell of a lot of space to catch up and they will hope that somewhere along the line the opposition falls in a hole and they can keep going you mm. know? but I think that's the that'll be the plan I don't I think they'll think go the, to an early one the current government wants us to forget them the what, what <laughs> and what what, the what they were doing stabbing each other in the back and all that sort yeah, of stuff but I, I, I think that there's after this election that's coming up on the weekend in New South Wales, there's going to be a whole lot of it hits the fan because there's still got your, your arch conservatives there who are now screaming about the religious in, uh, thing that Philip Ruddock did. The, the right to discriminate. The right to discriminate <laughs> against gay kids in schools and things. But they've since changed their mind about that or the... Um, but little the, bits have come out, yes. and it could be a drip feed. And whoever's got the original of the four copies mm. only that were created, they can keep dripping that out right up until May the eighteenth next year. Yeah. And little hand grenades like that can go off badly. Somebody did suggest it was it was Malcolm's doing to feed yeah. it out, and then there was a very in- interesting article in the paper uh, that I read where they said that it was Malcolm's time bomb to leave all this thing about the religious freedoms for them to work out because they knew that he was going to get mm. shafted and be gone. So he's just kept, he just left it. He didn't do anything about it. No. But they say that after but, the election, it's really going to start hitting the fan. Well, But amazingly, a week before Mr Turnbull's ex site or seat comes up for election, mm. just these suggestions from the, the, the Ruddock plan have just sort of leaked out just before the by-election. Yeah, but this is what I was saying. It's a, They say it's a Turnbull um, leak. Yeah. He's leaking the stuff out to the to the things because yeah. Mr Ruddock was on the television the other night and he said he's not told anybody anything about it. He said it's only been the, the government had it. So it's either coming from the government or somebody like Mr Turnbull who has had a copy of it is sort of leaking it out as well. But you can't possibly go to an election with a policy of we're going to allow you to discriminate. Don't age people would better than that. The thing that. is that the, apparently there's two states in Australia. One is in Victoria where the, the, the school children can be discriminated against in, in these um, church schools and what have you. They can be thrown out, but that, nobody's ever done it. But the law is there that they can do it. So you know, that's the one they're going to wipe out. So they're going to try to wipe out that one. But it, and then someone's suggesting now that, okay, that's all right for the, the kids, the school kids. What about discrimination for the teachers? We'll do that at the same time. And you can see that people, the politicians are being forced into a corner. Chris, children grow up. And if they're gay at school, they're going to be gay when they're out of school. And there are some very, very good teachers who happen to be gay, male and oh, female. Yeah. They're great teachers. They have huge empathy with children. And um, they're, they're not going to be allowed to be, if, they, if they're not allowed to be going to be teachers, that's a waste of the world. But the law suggested, or the, the recommendation suggested, that the church school announces its bigotry up front. Now, when you enroll in school, you're not sexual. No, of course you're not. Six you're not going to be sexual for another 14 years. That's right. So how do they backdate that? <laughs> See, whether, whether or not you're gay or not, you mm. don't know that at age five. And you become who you are in your early teens and you're in that school already. So do they, they're saying now we should have the right to turf you out no matter who you are just wow. because you're gay. 
So to, that's exactly why the, the law's got to be wiped out. Well, I must admit that when I was working, the last job I had was at a school, and there were a couple of girls there who were gay, and um, I used to see them at Pride March, and they'd come up, and, Hello, Mr. Wilson! You know, <laughs> and, and, this, and I, I knew who they were, you know, yeah. and one of them wore a gay pride badge to school one day, and she was asked to take it mm. off. Mm. Politics is changing. But she was this, not thrown out of the school. With this uh, extreme right bent that some of the, the political parties are adopting. Well, you see, Scott Morrison is a very right wing as well. He's one of the happy clappers and the and you've got Abbott and Abbots and all these people that are mm. the real rump of the right wing who will hate what Ruddock has done. I don't know whether Ruddock's a goody or a baddie at this stage of the game. Haven't seen enough, but I, I still think that he's in the bad corner. But, but was, you've still got your Corey Bernardis of the world who were even righter. He had to get out of the coalition they because weren't they right enough. Weren't, weren't right enough. <laughs> so that, that's good in a way because it then means that there could be now three parties or four parties, four influential parties in the Australian political system. Poor Angela Merkel in, uh, in Germany is suffering a little bit uh, with the results from Bavaria last weekend. Apparently the uh, the, the major party that is supporting her and keeping her in, in her position still did win enough seats to support. But the far right, the alternative right, uh, the extremes, uh, they actually have got a seat in the new Bavarian. Oh, right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Same as Austria have got a, a couple of uh, far rights mm. and apparently some of the other uh, Scandinavian type countries, they've got odd far righter as well. Chris, I'm sure that in every political scene there are the, you, you will have your far right, your centre right, your centre, your far left, your centre left and your far left. Yeah. Um, they, they seem to be everywhere. You know, you've got these, um, that's the way people think. It's the way they've been taught when they were at school or the way they learn what they believe in as they grow up. But shouldn't Germany or does Germany have controls as to how far you can go one side or the other, given their history with things we don't talk about? Yes, that's true. But see, Merkel has been fighting that sort of situation ever since she's basically been in there. She got in very clearly when she first went in, but as she's been there for so long now, it's her base is being whittled away. Is by she these. too moderate for them? Is that the problem? No, I, I think a lot of people have come along with her and no one's occupying this vacant ground on the mm, far right. Mm, mm. And so people are saying, well, you know, in some ways you forced us to, because we can't play in your paddock, we've got to play on this other paddock. I wonder what Bavarian politics is. Is it what colour the well, cars the, the, should the, be or how many eggs in the ice yeah, cream? Yeah, but the funny part about it was that the... the a lot of people in Germany didn't like Adolf because mm. he was a Bavarian. He wasn't German. He was a Bavarian, they said. Yeah. And he was born in Bavaria. You know, so it was, he wasn't, you know, it was that, one of those that, that's, things, that these things that yeah, they did. That, that's but, where that country but, uh, consisted of so many states. Yeah. Much like the US is, yeah. as Philip has always said, that it's not well, 50 it's, states. It's, it's 50 countries. Yeah. yeah. But, the, but the thing is that the whole thing has changed also yeah. because we're celebrating the anniversary of the bringing down of the Berlin Wall. Uh, you well, see? that's right. On the 3rd of October in 1990. That, that came down and that changed the whole dynamic of the whole situation of yeah. politics in Germany. And for 45 years, the people in the East had been uh, living under communist-type 
political system. Strict control, one yeah. would say. Okay, and uh, since and then they were suddenly faced with having to change their hmm. way of thinking and suddenly become uh, capitalistic. Yeah, but it was probably okay for the younger generation, but the older generation would have found it very difficult yeah. to change after living with that sort of system. For but there would have been still people who lived before the war went up. Oh yes, yes, yeah. And they obviously, well, but as to you, my opinion, probably didn't like the war, Philip. But as you get as you're living under those sort of systems, you get used to them, and you you, you suddenly your thing changes under probably. Basically, you would sort of be happy if the thing came down, but if it doesn't come down, it doesn't matter. I'm being looked after, mm. you know. So this is human nature. Mm. And uh, sadly for them, the communist East Germany ran out of money, mm. and they couldn't support their old and their their original uh, socialist ideals. And, that, and of course, the um, Russia didn't want to have anything more to do with them either. No, and, no. Although they might didn't mind the the control of the country, but mm. they didn't help them very much. No. There we are. Mm. You're with Gordon, Phil and Chris. Been there, done that. Joy 94.9. Australia's only LGBTI radio station, Joy. Yes, you are with Gordon, Phil and Chris. Been there, done that. Joy 94.9. Yes. And wasn't it lovely a couple of days ago to, to welcome the Queen's representative? The D&D of Sussex. Oh, Duke and Duchess of. Sussex, yes, yes. Yes, Sussex and Sussex, Sussex and Sea. Yes. <laughs> Sussex and Sea, yes. Well, you I'm mean Ari and Megan? Yeah, Megan. 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 Yeah, you mm. get it right, mine. Yeah. I can't uh, understand why they keep calling her Megan Michael. She's now Mrs. Um, yeah, Wales. Mrs. Wales, isn't she? She's Mrs. Yeah. Megan Wales. Oh. And we're going to have a week of whale sighting. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Whether we like it or not. Uh, no, I like him. I think I think he's it. wonderful. And I think she's pretty good looking, too. Oh, well, but, I'll have him over her anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, we all would. But Get on the queue. <laughs> get in the queue. <laughs> but another few rangers that I'd actually consider. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Some of them are just plain scary. Yeah, but he's. I think he does so much good work. I just yeah. think he's one of the lovely and ones. And he's out here, of course, for the Invicta Games. Yes, that's right. Which yes. is his creation. His creation. He wanted and to do something again, for the injured soldiers. Yeah, yeah. And, and respect and mm. recognition. Yeah. And it's, it's saved so many lives by doing it too. When you oh, yeah, see PS, these PTSD and everything. Yeah, and all those things that happen to them. Mm. Yeah, it's wonderful. Well, on the October the 20th, 1973, his granny was in Australia. Oh, yeah, she was, wasn't she? And she uh, formally opened the Sydney Opera House. Yes. Did you watch that? Did you happen to watch it? Not they had, on the day. On the day, they had, right up on the top um, sail, yeah. they had, they had there's this platform you could stand, and there was a, they had a, an Indigenous um, man up there who was playing a didgeridoo. Oh, right. Up on the top of the sail. And no one would have heard him. Well, they was it's mag- a long way up there in yeah, the wind. Yeah, I know, but they, they did. They did have it microphoned up yeah. quite ah. well. Yeah, yes, it oh, was, uh, that was that. That to me was the most wonderful part of the whole bloody thing because they put some one of our indigenous person people into the yeah. into the opening. Mm. Even back in those days, uh, 1973, which is how many years ago? That's forty-five. Yeah, one hundred and two million dollars. Now, probably double that for current prices. Probably millions now, <clears throat> probably in the billions. And uh, I'm not sure exactly how it was all funded, but certainly part of it was funded by public lottery. By gambling. By so gambling, As, as yes. somebody brought that point up when they were talking about the putting those adverts on it. On the sales, About yes. gambling, but it was built by gambling. <laughs> they, they did point but out... gambling was, was much more innocent then. 
It was a lottery. It wasn't sort of putting yeah. your money on hope for a winner. It wasn't a Tats Lotto type lottery. It no. was a real lottery. A real lottery. You bought a ticket and you put your money in and hope, hope you got the, I think it was about a hundred thousand pounds or oh, something like that. I, I don't know. Fifty thousand dollars or something like that. Yeah, it was good, good, good amount of money if you won the the. I think they had it. They drew it every month or something, rather, wasn't it? It was fairly big. Yeah. Well, I'm. I'm you were there. I, I'm glad to say that none of my money went into building the opera house Neither. because it seems that it was never completed to the architect's design. And as a an opera hall, it's not particularly wonderful, any rate. No, it doesn't have very good acoustics, acoustics apparently. No. Yeah, yeah. But it's a, it's a, it's a it's, fabulous building. Oh, it looks beautiful building. It's distinctive. It's the only one of its kind. Yeah, well it's 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 um it's one somebody said it was one of the buildings of the last century. Uh, they 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 described it as the, one of the buildings of the last century. Well, it hasn't been copied. Well, it'd be difficult to copy it, I reckon, Phil, because they wouldn't want to pay the money to make it these days. <laughs> Whenever you go to Sydney, the first thing that you see if you're anywhere down near the water on that side of the, the bridge is the the hub of the, the uh, Opera House. Well, we went for a family trip up to Sydney in the 70s, obviously after 73, because the Opera House was there. Mm-hmm. And we went to see a show. Did you? Now, there were, would have been five kids at the time, mm-hmm. mum and dad. So we didn't get to see an expensive show. <laughs> <laughs> we got to see... Tony Barber in concert. Oh. Tony Barber being a quiz show host. Yeah, but he could sing. Yeah, I don't recall being entertained at all. I would have been about 14. <laughs> How wise. Not my best it? concert memory. And, and, and you know you know who the first singer to ever appear at the Opera House was? I do not know. You don't know? He was an American? Mm, that narrows it down. Yes. Don Lane? He was black. That takes Don Lane out. Yeah. It was Paul Robeson. Paul wow. Robeson gave a concert before the while they were still doing the foundations. Paul oh, Robeson visited Australia and he gave a concert to the workers. Exactly. Now, why? Because I understand from my reading of history that he was branded as a communist. He, well, he he visited Russia because he wanted to find out what was going on over there, and because the Americans at the time they were in the middle of the Cold War or some bloody thing. He went to Russia, and when he came back, he was persona non grata, basically, and they he could never get a job singing almost anywhere at that at that time. The Americans didn't want it. Yeah, funny about the Americans, they never hold a grudge, do they? No, they never hold a grudge. <laughs> no, but so he, he toured the world. He was he would sing, he would give concerts around. But when he went to the uh, opera house, they were there, and he he gave a he gave a he had a pianist there, and they gave a, a little concert. Mm, so he's the very first the, man. The workers there would have been aligned to the Labour left. Oh, Lord, yes, And, yes, you know, yes. with touches of communist overtones mm, there as mm, well. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Done wonders for his image. Yeah. So, but he, but, but, uh, he had a very good appreciative audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's a little bit of history that not many people know about, but it's true. Yep. But the the thing about the, 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 the furore about the, the those adverts that appeared on the on the thing, you know. Yeah, the projected and images. And then when you read about it in the paper, what Alan Jones gets out of racing, oh. it's just unbelievable. Millions of dollars he's, he's earned out of racing with he, racehorses and what have you, you know. He is such a personage. Of, he, he really does represent my image of New South Welsh people generally, that they have a different attitude on life and money and I don't know what else money it is. Money talks. I, yeah, mm. money talks, mm. but 
with a weird accent. Um, and I don't know that they're the same crew of people that we've got here in Melbourne or definitely not in South Australia. Well, well he will not come. The, the, the Melbourne people don't like him at all. They tr- did try at one stage to bring something similar to Melbourne and it failed miserably. Well, the, shock jocks don't work here. They don't work here. Well, they did have... They, they've had a couple like... Um, the, 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 Darren Hinch was a bit of a shock jock, and so was so was uh, Mitchell. Well, I think but Steve Price was Steve here Price was here at one stage, and he's the one that failed. He, they had to send him back to Sydney. Well, he he started off. He was the producer, or you know, in management, they put him on air, yeah. and he was nice as anything. Yeah, and they sent him to Sydney to be a shock jock, and he just turned on this whole other character. Yeah, yeah. But it's just. The, but that's Darren Hinch was more very opinionated and stood for yeah, what's right. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. So I, I don't see him as a shock jock. Yeah, but but the way Alan Jones spoke to that woman on the phone, the CEO it, of the Opera House. Oh God, I I listened to it and I thought, how dare you talk to anybody like mm. that? Don't care who you are, you do not talk to people like yeah, well, that. Well, that's just simple disrespect. Disrespect. But then he had the, the the worst disrespect was two days later when he said, "If I have offended anyone, hello." <laughs> <laughs> oh, golly God. God. But he gets ratings. Why are they? Because they're Sydney people, you see. And they, when mm. they put them on the. I always think that Sydney's a bit of a tacky place, anyhow, and those advertising was tacky, anyhow. So, yeah, but anyhow, getting back to the D&D of Sussex. Oh, right. They're here now. Someone suggested they might become the next uh, Governor General Generals. and Mrs. Governor General. Well, that'd be different, wouldn't it? It would be different. Oh, no, I think they'll do a bit more. I don't think they'd be around the world before do you, they settle down. Do you, yeah. want, do you reckon they'd and, want to be buried I, in Australia? And I actually don't think that will come to pass no. because he's got too the, many the things. The seeds of republicanism are still growing, and I think it will eventually occur that when the grandma dies, when Elizabeth the Tooth dies, then we'll have an opportunity without offending her mm. and mm. their generation mm. to consider ourselves fit for republicanism. Yeah, the, fun, the funny part about it, she doesn't She doesn't mind. She said when, when they were going to have the republic yeah. before, she said, look, if you to become a republic, let them. Yeah. Well, it's not, happened before, hasn't it? Yeah, it's happened before, but she, you, you can still be a republic but still stay in the Commonwealth of yeah. Nations. Yeah. This is the thing, you uh, know. And I think what we're faced with is which sort of uh, selection criteria and process. Yeah, we don't even know the model we want. Well, I, yeah. uh, the first thing they should ask is, do you want to be a republic? If it says yes, then you say, well, this is the what we now discuss the system that we're going to operate yeah. as. You find out first whether the public want to be a republic. The public yeah. want to be a re- republic. And if they say no, you go, you forget it. And that's it, because the public don't want it. But you don't thrust something at the people like this without first finding out whether they really want it. It's the same same as same-sex marriage. We wanted it, everybody wanted it, but the idiots there, they had to have a plebiscite. Can we have a same-sex republic? All right, you can be the queen and I'll be the king. I want my own state. Oh, do you? Okay. But you're always in a state. state Go to Brisbane. No, I want to go forward. I want to go in head in time. <laughs> the poor loves up in there. They're, they're still having to dance their, their clocks forward. Well, and their carpet would fade if we gave them oh, an hour. I had, I had a card from my friend who lives in Tweed Heads, and he said, oh, the bloody daylight savings here, and I, if, if I want to get something special, I've got to go across the border and go back in time. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Poor loves him. Yes, he's 87 or but something. But you'll never like be late. If, if you've forgotten to do something and you've missed a deadline, you but, just cross the border. But the trouble is that the bus timetables change. 
because <laughs> oh, the buses so, yeah. operate between the two cities. Oh, so, Gold Coast and Tweed Heads, the buses. Oh, so you've got to... Like tearing the map apart. <laughs> oh, that's no good at all. Not good. Well, look, thanks very much for being with us. We hope that we've brought you something interesting. Well, it's been fun. We'll, well catch up with you it. next week then. We've all enjoyed the... it and that's the point. It yes. is. All right. <laughs> Bye for now. Bye. Bye. This Joycast is a free service brought to you by Joy 94.9. Support Joy 94.9 by becoming a member at joy.org.au. Joy 94.9. This podcast was produced by Joy Media. You can support Joy's diverse sound and diverse community this June by donating to Joy Radiothon 2024. Go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. And remember, we all flourish with joy. Joy.